<laughs> I know you'd like that. We're we're past that part. We're at the yeah. We'll get there. Acts two. Acts two verse forty one. Um, man, where's no? I'll say that later. It'll land better later than it will now. Acts two forty one. So those who accepted Peter's message, spirits been poured out. Peter says. Day of the Lord, the cross, the resurrection, you guys repent. Those who accepted this message were baptized in that day, and about 3,000 people were added to them. So they were not part, and then they were added to the part, in and out. They devoted themselves then to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe. Signs and wonders were being performed through the apostles, and then later, your everyday deacon there. Now, all believers were together. They held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. And every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple. And they broke bread from house to house. And they ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts as if, as if there's any other way to eat their food. Praising God, enjoying favor with all the people. And every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved from the wrath of God at the day of the Lord. This is God's word. So um, I, I'm going to preach for a while. It's a couple, couple weeks in a row here. So, um, And I really struggled with what to um, preach this week because I'm so excited and uh, pumped up because two weeks ago we had VBS and we had uh, the men's conference and um, uh, oh, I forgot. To, hey, hey, Ashley, we'll do happy birthday when he gets back. I just totally spaced. Yeah. Um, so and then Richie was here this this weekend. Was Richie helpful to you guys or you're like, nah, I like boring Josh more than exciting Richie. Yeah. Um, so Richie pumped me up just being around him. Um, he's been a good friend for a couple years now. Um, so I'm excited about all that stuff. I've been out of the pulpit a lot um, this summer, and so I've tried to spend a lot of time just reading through the prophets, except for Jeremiah's. You know, but the rest of them, I'm just reading through them, and that's just um, really excited me that God is knows what He's doing, and He has. You know, he's got this thing figured out. And then um, our home group last Sunday night had a, uh, a powerful time. It's not overselling it. It was it was it was powerful. And um, all the, the dudes in our group are all revved up to to be, uh, you know, go all in on being godly themselves and being godly um, husbands and, and being godly parents and, and everything. We're going to raise our kids for Jesus and do all this stuff. And just like, I mean, it's just like, oh man, I got all this stuff um, in my heart. And so I'm thinking, okay, so how do I not screw this up? Right. This is what leaders, this is what, this is how leaders have, have to think. It's like, we've got momentum. So my job as a leader is just to make sure I'm not the one that screws it up. Right. Like if you got your, your basketball game, like things are going well, don't be the guy that dribbles off his foot and ruins the whole the whole bit. Just do what you can to to keep the thing going. So I'm like, okay, so should we jump right into uh, Matthew 23 through 25, which is like the height of Matthew's um, gospel for me? Should we do like a call to prayer? Like hey, we're just gonna gather and pray and and uh, uh, do that? Should we start a new men's thing? Which apparently we are. 
Um, so uh, uh, I found out this morning. So this is how you guys get stuff on the church calendar. You just plan it. Don't tell me. And we just do it, I guess. So this <laughs> I'm just kidding. Please don't do that. We'll make an exception here. OK, uh, August 27th. Is that a Sunday? Sunday night, August 27th, 530. Dudes, we're going to meet here and encourage each other and pray. And that is literally all I know about it. But it's going to be great. So August August 27th. Like, oh, should we start a new men's thing? They did. Uh, should we add some prayer meetings or change? Like, what, what should we do? One thing I thought about, like, Monday, I was like, man, what if Sunday were just like Genesis 1-1? We just plow through and, and so I just, Lord, Sunday's coming. Like what, what, what should we do? And felt like it needed to be something big and cool, um, which is not my forte. Um, but what I, yeah, yeah. um, when I kept hearing feeling, um, from the Lord, uh, was the opposite of big. Okay. All week long, just the, the. Word of the Lord uh, to me was uh, to double down, okay, double down, and rather than jumping into a new thing or, or launching a new um, whatever, for three weeks we're going to double down, re-up on the commitments that we have made as members, okay, and this is actually how progress is made, is doing boring things. Over and over and over and over and over, right? You know, everyone sees the Super Bowl. Like we, so we watched. Have you guys seen the quarterback documentary that's out now? It just followed. Anyway, hilarious to watch. Huh? Yeah, hilarious to watch it with Sierra because she's knows zero about. It's like, okay, who else? Do, do other people pass the ball, or is it just the quarterback? You know, those kind of questions. But so everyone sees the Super Bowl, right? You see the big thing. You see the final, the big, all the stuff. What, what you don't see is every single week they're doing these tiny little boring repetitions over and over and over and over. So that when they get to the Super Bowl, those things are automatic. Basic, normal things that if they don't practice and give themselves too seriously, there's there's no results from that thing. And this is how your whole life works, right? It's, it's obviously how, how church life works. we got to... You do do um, the boring thing so that when it's game time, it's it's automated. So we're just going to go through um, our commitments for a couple weeks, and I've been working through them, and they're really good. Okay, so I'm I'm still excited and and whatever, but um, this is what we're going to do. So so first, when we think about Christian Life Church, think about um, our people. We want to think commitment, and not primarily commitment to an institution or a building or whatever. But when you think about Christian Life Church, you need to have members' faces. And, and lives in your heart and mind. This is what church membership is. Okay, it's it's mutual commitment. It's every individual believer in that local church committed to the life of the whole local church, and every member of that local church being committed to the life of that individual uh, member. Right? That's a really good thing. Really powerful thing when it's walked out. So this is what the this is the pattern that we've received from the apostles. Acts two forty one. Those who accepted Peter's message, so those who heard the gospel, to repent. Because the Lord Jesus is going to return in flaming fire and reward the righteous and throw the wicked into a lake of fire. Therefore, repent. Those who heard this thing, they were baptized. And then about 3,000 people were added to them, right? There was those and them, and those added to 
them. So they hear the gospel, like the, the gospel goes out, they respond to it in obedience by being baptized, and then they join themselves to the body, right? It's not believe the gospel, do my own little baptism thing over here, and then spend the rest of my life free-floating Christians, whatever. It's not the pattern we've been given. They, they devote themselves to the body, and what does being added to the body look like? Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the fellowship, verse 44. All the believers were together. They had all things in common, verse 46. Every day they devoted themselves. So when we think about church membership, this is what this is where your heart and mind needs to go to, okay? Not like names on a roll or a pretty directory or whatever, though we like names on a roll and pretty directory. You want it, you want it to be this, right? Not, not casual, uh, but, but commitment and devotion, to the body, okay? My life for your life, if it comes down to it, kind of kind of deal, okay? So under that banner of commitment, uh, our church has made three, and I think we adopted these two years ago. Um, and the first, we've committed to our, our unity, to our mission, and to our testimony. And so we'll start here um, with unity. And the first way that we do this is we commit to our unity um, by affirming our statement of faith. So Jude chapter 1 verse 3, or Jude 3, there's no chapters in Jude. Have you guys started Jude yet? You started? Are you at the weird angels chained up in gloomy darkness yet? Okay, cool. It gets wild later, yeah. Verse 3, dear friends, although I was eager to write to you about the salvation that we share, okay, we're all going to share in the resurrection of the dead. I found it necessary to write appealing to y'all, contend for the faith that was once delivered, that was delivered to the saints once for all. Okay, so we kind of work this out through our statement of faith. Now, our statement of faith, if you've read it, is not perfect. Okay, there's some verbiage in there that I might quibble with. Um, and I helped write the thing, so that's on me. But our statement of faith has the gospel in it. This is, this is what matters. This is what's important, okay? So like Article uh, 5 of this thing. We believe that Messiah Jesus, as our representative and our substitute, shed his blood on the cross as a perfect, all-sufficient sacrifice for our sins. His atoning death and victorious resurrection constitute the only ground for salvation. You on board with that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Article 9. We believe in the personal, bodily, glorious return of our Lord Jesus, the coming of the Messiah at a time known only to God, demands constant expectancy, and as our blessed hope, motivates the believer to godly living, sacrificial service, and energetic mission. Eschatology drives discipleships, what Article 9 says. Article 10. We believe that God commands everyone everywhere to believe the gospel by turning to him in repentance and receiving the Lord Jesus. We believe that God will raise the dead bodily and judge the world, assigning the unbeliever to condemnation and eternal punishment and the believer to eternal blessedness and joy with the Lord in the new heavens and new earth to the praise of his glorious grace. Amen. Good? Okay, Article 8. I'm not going to read all of them, but Article 8. We believe God's justifying grace must not be separated from his sanctifying power and purpose. God commands us to love him supremely and then others sacrificially and to live out our faith with care for one another, compassion toward the poor and justice for the oppressed. With God's word, the spirit's power and fervent prayer in Christ's name, we're to combat the spiritual forces of evil. In obedience to Christ's commission, we're to make disciples among all people, always bearing witness to the gospel in word and in deed. Okay? So we unite around, like that, we got the gospel there. And we unite around these things, even if they're second and, and third tier doctrines that we don't, you know, all are on board with. Okay, even among our elders. It, it's kind of funny, the group we have. <laughs> 
If I go to my parents and me and dad are just like, I'm just kidding. But we've got second and third tier stuff that we're like, ah, we can unite around the gospel. We can, we commit to these things. So what I want to double down on for us is, is double down on hearing the gospel and believing it and obeying the gospel that we've received. That's been handed down to us um, from the, the Moses to the prophets to Jesus to the apostles um, to us. Okay, because it, it really actually matters. Uh, sound teaching actually matters. Okay, like theology actually matters. It's not just stuff out in the ether. It, it matters for your life. So Second Timothy uh, one, Paul Paul's writing has says, "Hold on to the pattern of sound teaching that you heard from me. Guard the good deposit. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach it also." Evil people and imposters will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and what you have firmly believed. You know that those who taught you and, and you know from infancy you, that you have known what? The sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scriptures inspired by God, profitable, blah, 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 right? Like Paul thinks it matters for salvation what what we're giving ourselves to. So we're going to double down on this. Okay? We're going to double down on hearing the gospel and believing it and contending for it. Okay? Second, we commit to, to commit to our unity. We commit to honor our leaders. Um, I love to preach this one. All right? uh, Ephesians 4, I urge you to walk worthy of the calling you've received. You've been called to eternal life. So walk in light of it, right? Live as in it's the nighttime now, but live as if in the daytime. Verse 8, for it says, when Jesus ascended on high, he took captives captive, and then he gave gifts to people. And what gifts he himself gave? Some to be apostles. Are you turning it down? Oh, praise God. Thank you. I turned it up, too. It's like, I don't want people to leave. So yell at Reese, people. <laughs> this is your fault. Verse 11, sorry. Jesus gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And so what's the purpose of Jesus, the ascended, risen Lord? What's the purpose of him giving these gifts? Verse 12, it's to equip the saints for ministry, right? It's to equip the saints to do what Jesus has called them to, to do. Also, they are to equip the saints. They are to serve the flock. Right? In the, the farm language here. So there, there's, there's poop and blood and all the stuff. We give ourselves to serving the flock. And then to build up the body of the Messiah. To encourage. Right? Say, hey, you can do it. Stay on the path that leads to life. Like, we're going to help you get there. Verse 13. Until... So how long are apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers? How long is that supposed to go on until we all attain to the unity that comes from our faith and from knowing the Son of God? Well, when is that? Any, anyone here have, uh, we, anyone think the church has a perfect unity in the faith in the year of our Lord, 2023? Anyone have perfect knowledge of the Son of God today? Nope. So until that day, we need this. We need we need these kinds of, of leaders in the body. God has like it's a they're gifts, okay, to shepherd the body 
towards eternal life. And these leaders are supposed to be a certain type of, of person. So I could read a lot. We'll just do Titus 1 here. It says an elder, um, which elder in the New Testament is the same word as pastor, bishop, presbyter, overseer. But it's kind of like a whatever. Verse 6, an elder must be blameless. So we're all out. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, blameless does not in, in, in Old Testament and New Testament does not mean perfect. Blameless, like so. So post Bathsheba, David can say, "I am blameless, and God's law is written on my heart." We're looking at that line. Well, you need a different definition of blameless, David. Okay. No, blameless means that when someone sins, they avail themselves of the grace of God and repent. Right. This is what it means to be blameless. This is how the the law is set up, actually. Okay, so he's to be blameless. He's to, when he stumbles, go to the Lord and say, Okay, a man who is faithful, yes, to his wife, whose children are responsible, not open to the charge of reckless behavior and rebellion. Right, First Timothy, if he can't manage his own household, how can he manage the church of God? Verse 7, indeed, it is imperative for an overseer to be blameless, since it is God's work over which he's been made a steward. So elders, whose flock is this? God's, yeah, you, uh, under shepherds, okay, like, like bottom totem pole here. God's work over which the elder has been made a steward, not like Denethor, right, Lord of the Rings people. Denethor, you're just a steward. When the king comes, you give it to him anyway. Not arrogant, not quick-tempered, not given to too much wine, not a bully, not money-hungry, but hospitable, a friend of what is good, sensible, upright, holy, self-controlled, holding fast to the teaching that is reliable precisely as it has been taught. Why? Why, why must elders and teachers and leaders, like, why must they hold fast to the reliable word so that he may be specially competent to strengthen and encourage people with sound teaching? And to bring clear yet firm correction to those who oppose it. So let me just speak to our elders first. Like, is this what you're aiming for? Is it, you, read, you read Titus, you read Timothy, you read 1 Peter 5. Like, is, is this what you're aiming for? Or are, are we settling for less than what God's word has laid out? Okay? Are, are we giving ourselves to killing big and little sins? You know what I mean? Like, I'm taking care of the big ones, but we let all these little ones... Kind of uh, uh, gain a foothold. We're not going to do that. Are we on guard against arrogance? Okay. Are we on guard against greed? That would probably only be me, right? You guys aren't making any money off this thing. Okay. Are are, <laughs> are, are we making friends with with goodness? That's right. I chose the blessed hope here because friends, friendship with goodness. What about holiness? Holiness, your good friend. Are you practicing self control, elders? With food, with money, with your time? Do you study the Bible with an aim of being competent and strengthening and encouraging the body, right? He says you have to hold fast to the teaching so that you can strengthen and encourage the body and bring correction where it's needed. Or, elders, are we verse of the day kind of guy? There's nothing wrong with the verse of the day, people. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that, especially if you're a young disciple, right? You're just starting to follow Jesus. You version, thank you, Craig Rochelle, for sending me a Bible verse every morning, right? Like, thank the Lord, like, the you version, I don't know how many millions and millions and millions of people all across planet Earth have the Bible in their pocket and are, are get, Awesome. Praise the Lord. Elders cannot be verse of the day kind of guys. Okay? 
can't, cannot be. Okay, the standard as it concerns Scripture is is higher. We don't make apologies for that. Like that's just what it is. Okay. So, elders, is this what we're aiming for? Not are we hitting, right? That was the whole parenting men's thing all week long, was we're going to aim for 100%, so we hit 40. If you aim for zero, you hit zero. You aim for 100, you might hit 40. But these are, I mean, can we read through more? These are qualities that elders must possess to serve as elders. And if we're not aiming ourselves and giving ourselves and uh, 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 exemplifying these things, we should not serve as elders, okay? So to the elders first. So church then, should the Lord gift you men like these, part of your role as members is to honor them as they honor the Lord and they go about their task, okay? Like it's, we got this reciprocal, wonderful thing going on. So 1 Timothy 5 the elders who are good leaders are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. Hebrews 13, obey your leaders and submit to them. Why? Because they're trying to do you good, right? Like, parents, isn't this your whole life? Like, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> so, obey them, submit to them, since they keep watch over your souls as those who have to give an account so they can do this with joy. And not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Okay? So I'm coming up on um, nine or eight years. Wow. Somewhere in there. Math. Um, and I, I've... I, the, Hebrews 13, 17 has, has been like my experience. Okay? Like I've tried to do... You know, no, obviously not perfect. And don't tell me. I know what they are. Okay? <laughs> obviously not perfect. But this has been a joy. Okay, like I have lots of of friends who are doing the same job as me in different places and they have horror story after horror story after horror story of of mostly just angry, mean people who've like made the goal of their life to make their life hard. And that has not been my experience here. So I just honor you guys, bless you guys. um, And let's stay on that. (laughs) Let's stay on that path. Okay. So what does it mean to, to obey and submit to your leaders? Um, you know, we get to name your children and um, <laughs> tell you what color your house is painted. And, and, uh, I'm just kidding. Although the example we use in the membership class is we don't name your children. But if you're like, yeah, here's Jezebel, we might be like, oh, <laughs> no, what, what it means is that if our leaders aim to rally us for, for gospel-rich, Christ-exalting things, you allow yourself to be rallied. You don't actively, you know what I mean? Okay. If our leaders bring encouragement from the scriptures, you aim your heart to be encouraged. Right? Like, you know, that's like a, like teaching and listening. and Like, it's a two-way thing. Like, people can teach, 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 teach from the scriptures. But if your heart is closed beforehand, like, it's not going to happen. Again, parents, coaches, you got, you know, this is your life. Okay, if our elders bring correction or rebuke from the scriptures, you aim your heart to be rebuked and then repent and get back on the path, right? Like that needs just a normal thing. And all of these are said from the scriptures, okay? So if any of, of us come with like the word of the Lord to Josh, not in here, you'd be like, forget you, man. You know what I mean? From the scriptures on all of these stuff. And so if this is the case, if we're obeying Hebrews 13 and 1 Timothy 5, if this is the case, the entire church reaps joy that comes from it. So 2 Corinthians 1, this is Apostles writing, but does that, that does not mean 
That we want to dominate you by telling you how to put your faith into practice. We want to work together with you so you will be full of joy. For it is by your own faith that you stand firm. We work together with you for your joy. And if you do like a word study on joy in the scripture, you'll find out the resurrection of the dead is always somewhere around there. We want to work with you for your resurrection on that day, okay? So we're going to rally around the gospel. Basic, simple stuff, right? Jesus died for our sins so we can live forever. We're gonna, and then we're going to uh, commit to unity by honoring our leaders. And, and our leaders are going to do that by committing to be honorable people. Right? Easy to follow someone you like, want to follow. Like, um, uh, I, I got to play for Coach Weiberg at, at, uh, at NOC. I would, do, I, would, I, would, I would do anything for that man. Because he was an honorable man. Okay? Could he get a little bit psycho on the sideline? Sure. Okay? Could he get a little bit psycho at practice? Sure. But no one of, you know, the thousands of players that he's coached, no one ever, ever, ever thought for a second, I don't think he loves me. No, everyone knew that guy loves me, wants me to be better, wants me to improve, and we would go, go to war for that guy. He was an honorable person to, to follow. And, and so elders, like, we want that to be said of us. Okay? Where our people want to follow us should we be leading um, on the path that leads to life. Okay? So, statement of faith, the gospel, honoring our leaders. And finally, uh, we commit to our unity by committing to love each other. It's profound, Josh. Wow. I know. I know. I'm very godly. (laughs) Uh, I really... so. Again, I was like, man, what, sh- what should we go into um, Sunday? And I think this one, the commitment to love each other, is why the Lord highlighted um, that we go through these again. Um, especially as it regards like our present momentum and, and uh, season that we're in. Okay, So as I mentioned earlier, we had VBS, and VBS was awesome. Thank you, Jera. Um, you missed some pain over there. Um, you got the rest of it though. It looks great. We had VBS. Um, we had. Did ever? Did everyone see our circus in here? Yeah. Outside of the normal circus that we have, you saw that. Okay. Um, we had VBS. We had the men's conference, which every guy that I've talked to was just really encouraged and filled from like just. Uh, and then I don't know if you guys caught it, but Sunday. We had what I discerned to be from Richie uh, an authentic prophetic word. Okay, he didn't he didn't you know he didn't have a big beard and say thus saith the Lord, but just if you caught it at the start of his sermon, um, he just said you know like I just that the Lord is is calling this body specifically to um, fill up with living water, and then then we're we're the water boys. We say hey, we have living water for our community, and to go out and into our, into Tonkawa and say hey, we have what leads to life. And I thought yeah, that's right on, Richie man. And then uh, Richie said, and that's where I was going to go back to at the start. He said just that the Lord has just real um, um, kindness and. Uh, joy and and pleasure over you guys, okay? And yeah, yeah, Helen's spiritual. She felt it. She knows. Yeah, uh, yeah. He said that, and and um, 
And I, w- I was sitting there, and I was, like, transported back to Terra Nova as an eighth grader. Like, oh, I remember when the Lord said that to us then. And then he's saying it now. And then, um, yeah, so I think, and I could be wrong, but I think that was from the Lord to you guys. And then this morning we did this benchmark thing. And full disclosure, Jared brought that to me. I was like, well, I think that sounds kind of lame, but if you're excited by it, and I think everything's lame, so don't base anything on that. That's I, that's a Josh Hart problem. And uh, I was like, hey, but if you're excited about it, let's do it. Let's go for it. And so, you know, they came up this morning, and and you parents started praying for the kids, and that was amazing. Like, I could kind of hear the prayers, and um, that was awesome. And I think, and I'm just thinking back to last Sunday, like, Richie's like, that Lord has just real love and pleasure over these people. And it was just like, kind of open there. And um, anyway. Josh, yes, ma'am. Evangelism? Oh, yeah. So glad you said that. Parents, that's that's what I want to say to you this morning. God's so pleased with you guys. Like you're you're aiming your hearts at all. God's pleased with you. And Zephaniah 3 is about the restoration of Israel, but we'll just put it on you guys. He's spinning wildly, singing over you, rejoicing over you. Like um. Cool. Okay. This is the best part of the sermon, so I have to finish it. Okay. <laughs> So, we've got all these good things going on. This is my, where I started before, wherever we went. All these thing, good things going on. The, the Lord just seems to be whatever. And so, here's what I would do if I hated you and I were the enemy. Like, if, if I knew a church had good things going on and they were signing up to say yes to Jesus in every area of their lives, right? Not just like yes to Jesus in my heart. Right? The devil thinks that's cute, okay? But yes to Jesus in, in my home, and my job, and my church, and my community, like all, all of Jesus, all of Christ, all of life, if, if that was going on, which it is, what I would do is I would make them hate each other, or at the very least be indifferent towards each other, and I would give every bit of effort to make them not love each other, okay? So uh, Proverbs 6, uh, a wicked man goes around speaking dishonestly. He always plots evil with perversity in his heart. He stirs up trouble. So I think this is about general wicked men in general, but that comes from um, your father, the devil. This is what our, our enemy does, right? Stirs it up, plots, stirs up trouble. And how does the Lord feel about it? Proverbs six sixteen. it says, the Lord hates, right? Sixth thing, seventh thing, da-da-da-da-da. The Lord hates the one who stirs up trouble, where? Among the brothers. Like, and you don't want to be the object of the hatred of the Lord, right? So the devil's in a bad, he's in a bad crosshairs um, Play. So if this is our enemy, stirring up trouble, bringing dissension, if this is our enemy, what then should we do as people who are, are Second Corinthians not ignorant of his schemes? What we should do is we should play offense and not defense. We should say, hey, you want us to hate each other. We're going to go above and beyond 
to love each other and re-up on, on this commitment and double down to love, serve, and care for each other in love. And this is the mark, not just of like local churches in general, but of, of all believers. By this, they will know that you are my disciples, John 13, okay? So Paul said in Colossians um, 3 that how we love each other, how, like from heart, everything, how we love each other is the tell for whether or not we're in the faith, okay? So, so it's, what I'm about to read is very important, is what I'm saying, okay? Colossians 3, verse 8. However, you must take off, like old clothes, all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your mouths. Don't deal deceitfully with one another, since you took off your former nature with its evil practices, and you became clothed with this new nature. Verse 12, therefore, as people chosen by God, set apart and dearly loved, put on your new clothes. Right? I got, uh, these are $6. I got five of them on Amazon in all different colors to get through the summer. Put on these new clothes. And what do new clothes look like? A heart of mercy, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Verse 13, bearing with who? (laughs) Where are these things to be worked out? Where are these things to be put into practice? Bearing with one another, forgiving one another if, if one person should have a grievance against someone else. So this, Colossians 3, this is what disciples of Jesus do. We just mirror the master. Okay, we we imitate our teacher, especially in the realm of mercy and forgiveness. Okay, he he keeps going just as the Lord himself forgave you. So you, too, also must forgive. Okay, so every could could Paul be any clearer in the Sermon on the Mount? Could Jesus be any or not? Not Sermon on the Mount, Matthew uh, 18. If you don't forgive your brother, the Lord Jesus will not forgive you. You okay? I, that needs to be clear because I've, I've, I, this has always just been normal to me. From like, I think just part of my believing the gospel early was I've done damage against the Lord Jesus, and it put him on a cross, and he died for me, and still loved me, and still forgave me. And the simple call is that this is now how I treat other people. Amen. Okay, I, and so everyone's like, hey, man, I believe that. I talk to a lot of professing believers who, like, have unforgiveness as an option. Like, yeah, I'm, it's just over here as a, you know, this is okay. And I, so I just want to, like, it's not okay. You will go to a lake of fire if you do not forgive. And you feed bitterness and you, you, you feed these things. Angels will come on the day of the Lord, grab you, and toss you into a lake of fire if you do not forgive. Okay? Like, this is what Jesus says. It's not a forgiveness sermon, but just part of loving each other. Helpful for all relationships, especially marriages, but church context here is to aim your heart, discipline your heart, train your heart to become one unoffendable. Like, just remove that as an option. Like, I'm not going to be offended, okay? And then two, to keep short accounts. Like, when someone hurts you or you hurt someone else, you go, you repent, you confess, you forgive, and then you're done. Just as Christ himself has loved you and forgave forgave you, okay? Um, I'm going long. I'll skip a little bit. Uh, of this. Okay, so verse 14. 
When we live this way, when we double down to love each other in these, these ways, when members are serious about these things, there's incredible fruit that comes. So, uh, verse 14, over all these things, mercy, kindness, humility, forgiveness, meekness, patience, all this stuff, above all of these, put on love, which is the bond that holds everything together in perfect unity. Yeah, so the unity of the body tied directly to quick forgiveness, short accounts, loving each other, okay? Positively, then, we, we, we're committed to serving each other's practical needs, right? This, I commit to love the body. So if we're able to help each other financially or physically, kid watching, yard work, car trouble, whatever, Acts 2 stuff, if I have to sell my house to take care of you, I'm, this is what we're called to? Okay? Like, Acts 2 is not there for people to argue about. Like, it's, it's there to tell you how to live. There's a member of our body who can't, life has ruined them, and the Lord tells you to sell your house. You sell your house. Okay. Some of your houses I'd love to live in, by the way. So, <laughs> Galatians six ten. We'll, we'll, that's that's act two. Galatians six ten. As we have opportunity, do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Okay. Last one on on um, on this commitment. Our Sunday school teachers are going to kill me because this is long. Last one is we love each other with our lives. John thirteen thirty four. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another, just as I have loved you. How has Jesus loved us? Romans 5, 8. While well, we were still sinners. Christ died. There you go, Carl. Christ died for us. Christ gave his life for us. And as he has loved us, we are to, right, not a tonemental way, but we are to love each other. Philippians 2, do nothing out of selfish ambition or prideful or exaggerated views of yourself, but in humility, regarding one another as being of higher rank than yourselves, each of you looking out, not merely for your own interests, but especially... Uh, for those of others, right? especially others. Uh, other translations say also, I chose this one because especially others. You are to have the same humble attitude as Messiah Jesus, who though being in very nature God, did not regard his equality with God as something to be exploited to his own advantage, but instead gave up his privileges and his glory, taking on the nature of a slave, sharing in the very weakness and mortality of the human race, the without sin, and having appeared in human form, yes, as a real man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So I just want to, last thing here, just press this on you. When you think about loving each other, when you think about the, the faces and members of your church, is it on these terms? Is it not, like, you think about death for the sake of that person. I would die for the sake of of that person, or is church membership like a light, fluffy, whatever, whatever? You know, do you think about church membership like you think about a, a, a directory, or is church membership in your mind slavery and a cross? Only one of those is like Jesus. The other thing, I don't know what that is. One of those things is like Jesus, and this is what we're called to. John thirteen thirty five, Jesus says, by this context, by laying down your lives for each other, like Jesus laid down his life for us, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another.
So members of our, our church, we're going to double down on this. Okay? Like, before, before we launch a new whatever, let's double down on saying, I'll give my, my life for you. Okay? And, and I know we've got different, whatever, views of the future here, but if, if this age gets harder and the pressure turns up, okay, and you, and you get like a, a Nazi Germany thing and, and, and Poland and all, all, all the stuff, like, and they come knocking on your door for me, right? Or they come knocking on my door for you. It's like, your, your life for this person? I'm going to double down now. I'm going to train my heart now to say, uh, they're not here, you know? <laughs> It's gotta, it's gotta be uh, real, or, or this is all just whatever. It's gotta be real. Okay. Um, Robert, would you come help us, please? So, we good? We committed to the, to these things. You guys just went through this. You're like, ah, oh, Josh, I heard this. Opal just went through this one. Um, if you're not a disciple today, okay, or, or you don't. You don't know the gospel. We just want to tell you from our church that this is how Jesus has loved us. You as well. Lay down his life. Romans 5. Jesus died for the ungodly and the sinner. He gave his life in love. And if you will repent of your sins, turn from them, not just in your heart, but actually turn from them. Put your trust in Jesus' cross for forgiveness. Put your trust in Jesus' life for your resurrection and eternal life. When Jesus returns, you get raised from the dead to live forever. Okay? This is what we're committed to. This is what we're giving ourselves to. And so if you have questions about what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to put your trust and your hope in him, and you're sitting next to a member of our church, they can tell you, or you can talk to me or any of our other um, elders. Okay? Let's pray. Uh, Father, uh, I just ask that the... You would send the Spirit now um, to to uh, burn this on our hearts, God. That we're we're going to commit to hearing the gospel and believing it and ordering our whole lives around it. Okay, not just words, not just songs, but but reality um, for our whole life. God, I ask you for um, our elders. Pray, God, that we would be the men that Scripture calls us to be, that we would imitate Jesus as the good shepherd, good leader, um, and you would send the Spirit to help us. We need help. We need help. We need help. If you're sitting next to um, an elder, would you just put your hand on them? I mean, if they're okay with it, you know. George, like, buzz off, you know. (laughs) Lord, would you fill these men with the Spirit now? Would you would you bring it uh, just impart God your Spirit to them in a powerful, special way? And Lord, we ask you for just Christ-like love among our members. Love that looks like Jesus, love that looks like slavery, love that looks like death, love that looks like a cross. Would that be on on display um, 
in our weekly interactions, in our houses, in our gatherings. Um, we commit, again, we sign up again to, to love one another with all of our heart. In the name of Jesus, we said, amen. Amen. So our um, elders will be at the front. Anyone wants to come and pray with an elder? Um, Concerning the message or anything else, come and pray. If you're not praying uh, with an elder, maybe go pray with someone else, okay? Or, or pray by yourself, but this time it's just for prayer, so let's do that.